Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let There Be Talk. Today is Monday, January 9th, and this episode is brought to you by my fantastic sponsor, El Cajon Harley. El Cajon Harley Davidson, located down in Southern California, my favorite Harley shop. They've been sponsoring this podcast for over six months. Big comedy fans there, big rock and roll fans, and big motorcycle fans. No better place to go. Friendly dealership. All the people there rock. Go see my boy Greg Riley. Get yourself a brand new motorcycle or a used bike. They can get you financed or maybe get your bike serviced. I'm getting my bike right now. I'm getting a uh, 114 kit put in right now as we speak. I can't wait to uh, ride this thing. Beefing up the motor. It's going to have 38% more power. 38% more power. Posted some photos on my Instagram. Check it out. These guys are rocking it, man. Redoing my motor, putting some ape hangers on my Road King. Maybe you just want to fix up your old bike. Go in and see El Cajon Harley. Check them out. They got helmets, uh, gloves, boots, all kinds of motor clothes stuff. You're going to love it. Also, we're going to be doing an El Cajon Harley night at the... Um, La Jolla Comedy Store, February 3rd. So come out for that, the 10 o'clock show, a little bike night at El Cajon Harley. Thank you, El Cajon Harley. I love you guys. Check them out, guys, on Instagram uh, or ElCajonHarley.com or Facebook or Twitter. Give them some love. Tell them I sent you. Living on Roca Drive Sitting here wasting time A kid with nothing to do Drag on a cigarette Wait for the sun to set another day Wasted away Stuck in the living room Alright guys, let's get into the episode today. It is Monday and uh, I am ready to rock. How are you guys? How was your weekend? Had an interesting weekend. Had some great shows at the store all week. All weekend, that is. And then uh, went and saw an old uh, favorite band of mine from back in the day, back in the San Francisco Stone Broadway days. I went and saw Vane. And uh, that might not be uh, maybe your cup of tea. Or maybe you do love uh, old, old school glam rock or whatever. But everybody has that band that they, uh, they loved growing up seeing live. I had quite a few of those bands from the San Francisco scene. I always loved Roadrunner, Le Mans, Vane. San Fran had so many great, great bands. Even uh, early on, you know, Greg Ken, 415, Y&T, all that stuff. So I went to go see Vane Friday night at the Whiskey, and it was uh, I've known those guys all my life. And it was just awesome to see. Each song they were playing was just like a fucking time machine to me, man. Just blasting me into memories. Like, oh, God, this song, I forgot all about it. You know, it was just, it was just awesome. And that uh, was a great time. If you get a chance to see Vane, I think they're playing the uh, M3 Festival. Don't miss it. And check out their records on iTunes and... Uh, uh, the the one record, No Respect, is not on iTunes, but you can hear that on um, YouTube. 
check it out. Good to see you guys. My boy uh, Joel was playing in vain. He used to play in my band, Joel Proto, on the lead guitar. They're playing Charvels. I was losing my mind. The old Charvels, the San Dimas ones. Fucking just right there, Jamie. Jamie Scott. Jamie Scott, lead guitar. Uh, just playing fucking Charvels, man. No cooler guitar other than Les Paul, you know. That just means rock to me than a Charvel. Sure, I love Fender. I worship the Telly. I think it's one of the best guitars ever made and the Strat. But if you want to get into rock, it's Les Paul or a Charvel to me. And uh, man, those guitars really went hand in hand with uh, with glam and, and strip rock, old Hollywood rock, you know, every band other than GNR, was playing Charvel and Jackson. It was just awesome, man. And those guitars, they go for money now. Big money. And, and that's during the era where people are just routing and fucking everything up. So if you can find a good, clean Sandima Charvel, you are in luck, man. Joel was telling me about some guy that told him that he had like 40 of them or something. Oh, I'd like to talk to that guy. Just awesome Charvel collection. I got a great book. There's like a uh, pretty good fucking book came out, I think, in like early 2000s. Just got the history of Charvel. Pretty badass. Anyway, uh, it was great. Great to see Vane and uh, get a little memory lane there. What else is happening? It's raining like crazy on and off in California. I've been talking about it. I was talking about it last week. It's still fucking raining, which is so unusual. Rain, then it doesn't rain, then it rains. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. As soon as it, uh, it gets all said and done, I will be hitting Yosemite this year because you're going to be seeing some of the biggest waterfalls ever. That's for damn sure. If you've never been to Yosemite, this is a good time to go after this snowpack because when that shit melts, it's going to be magic, man. That is God's country up there. I can't wait to see that. Uh, one last thing before I get into my guest. Uh, a lot of people asked over the years, where's, where can I get your music? And I finally put it up on iTunes. I can't even believe I did it. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to put it up there. And uh, boom, it's on iTunes. Dean Del Rey, Lone Mountain Serenade, if you want to check it out, buy the CD or whatever you want to do, the download. It's up there. And uh, that was one of the songs at the top of this intro here that's on the record. And it uh, felt good. Just put it up there. I mean, it, it put the record out. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was filling in the info. And uh, if, if anybody asks me, like, hey, when that record come out, I go, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. <laughs> Just everything's like that. I've been doing comedy now seven fucking years. So it was way, way before that. But I had no idea. It was 17 years ago. Which just fucking blew my head off as I was putting down the year. I was like, 17 years ago, I put this fucking record. I can't even believe it. 17 years, man. Anyway, it's up there. Enjoy. And uh, thanks for all the uh, people that have been emailing me. Loving it. Um, there it is, a chapter in my life. Uh, that you can uh, you can check out. One thing I, I realized by listening to the record, that I was fucking still proud of it. Uh, there was no cringe-worthy moments. It wasn't like, oh, 
God, oh, this song or whatever. I loved all the songs. It flowed great. The artwork is uh, amazing. I really got looked into it. I looked at it, you know, I hadn't even thought about that shit for years. So it made me even think more and more about my comedy special of like, when I'm, when I'm up and ready to do it, I'll know. And it's just like that record. I knew when I was ready to do it. And look now, I look back at that record and it's great. And I want my, my comedy special to be the same. Like, oh yeah, that's fucking, you know, I, I stand by that, whatever. That's why I'm glad I didn't do a special two years ago. I'd be like, ooh, God. <laughs> no rush, man. No rush to do a special. It's not going to change anything. I'm not going to all of a sudden be doing theaters like, oh, did you see his special? Let's all go. <laughs> so when, uh, when I'm ready, I'll get it going. I'm actually looking forward to doing a special. I just, uh, I want it to be fucking great. I want to love it. You know? I don't want to just put out something to put something out. Anyway, let's get into the guest today. It is another handmade episode. I uh, really love that you guys dig these handmade episodes. And once again, we spin into the motorcycle world, the chopper world, and what I think is uh, still the high watermark of the custom chopper world was West Coast Choppers, and I always will think that. Um, I saw all the uh, choppers come and go and still think West Coast choppers were the best. The rideables, uh, they were bulletproof. They looked cool. They were original. I mean, you know, they weren't all, uh, you know, gaudy with big tires and goofy shit on them. They were all handmade. And uh, my guest today, Chopper Dave, was there building motorcycles in 2001. Worked there for four years. Uh, did the Motorcycle Mania 2, where they all rode out to Sturgis. Also was on Monster Garage and uh, is a hell of an uh, engine builder and motorcycle builder on his own. Now with his own company that he's had since he left West Coast back in the day. Chopper Dave has amazing motorcycles. Check out his website, chop, chopperdave.com. And, uh, you know, hold on. Let me make sure that's the right site for him. Yeah, that's it. Chopperdave.com. Amazing, man. Look at his motorcycles. Just click on cycles, man. This guy has built some sick-ass bike. The Super Freak, the Lovely Loser. Secret Weapon is the one I'm uh, talking about on the show where he uh, built some rims that look just like a BMX bike. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Mongoose, uh, but th these... Uh, rims he built are exact to the moto mags and it's just a fucking cool looking cool looking bike and then uh he's got some other amazing bikes like the steel shoe and uh what what else uh what's this other one here i like this one a lot nelson racing number 95 he builds just amazing shit he's also got great uh shirts and parts if you're looking for parts and he is in Long Beach still, which is cool. Long Beach, actually, I think he's in Hawaiian Gardens, actually, which is right where Aki, uh, Aki's shop is. Remember, I had Aki on, if you're a, a, a listener of this show, or a new time listener, I had Aki on and Big J. So I've had the trifecta of West Coast choppers. And one thing I know, each one of these guys has motorcycle in their fucking blood, like myself. 
Even if you're not into motorcycles, it doesn't matter. This guy's story is amazing. He also is a killer photographer and uh, talks about f uh, shooting photos, what kind of cameras and film he's using these days. And we get into a little bit of uh, Born Free and Moon Eyes in Japan and all kinds of great stuff. So thank you, Chopper Dave, for doing the show. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. One last thing. Uh, before I do get the episode going, here's some upcoming shows. I'm headlining the Hollywood Improv January 21st, 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. Get tickets to see me headline. Don't sleep. Come on out. I'm going to be uh, doing a long set. Then La Jolla Comedy Store, February 3rd and 4th. That is in uh, San Diego. Denver, one night only at the Sioux Teatro Theater. February 18th, Denver, get tickets. I'm doing a theater, and Steve Henry and Lucas Hurl are coming with me. And what else do I got going? Brea Improv this Tuesday. Brea Improv. Okay, guys, I love you. Have a great week. Enjoy this episode. Tweet at Chopper Dave. Say hello. And remember, candles lit. Chopper Dave. All right, here we are, another episode of Let There Be Talk. Great guest today, Chopper Dave is here. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Yeah. It's a beautiful day today, so it's a nice day to be out. It's good. Perfect uh, guest for my handmade uh, episodes. I have people on that make shit with their hands. Of course, that's what you do. Uh, I haven't seen you in years. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember the last time we were actually face-to-face. -face. I was looking at your website <laughs> today, and uh, wow, man. I, I love that bike that has the, we'll just jump right into it. You build bikes, you do casting, all kinds of stuff. You worked at West Coast Choppers, of course. You got a bike on there that has like the mongoose style rims, the moto, you know. Oh, yeah, the X-Wedge. Yeah. That was a bike I built for SNS Cycles to debut their X-Wedge motor in Japan in 07. The, I built it, that. It, it looks like a BMX bike. It has a loop tail like frame like that. And then it has like mongoose looking rims. Yeah. The frame is basically based on the motor shop style frames that I also manufacture now. I build a copy of it. And um, that one we did with that frame and then the wheels. Yeah. We're a pretty much direct copy of the Moto Mag. That's so sick. Yeah. Those, no, they came out killer. Are those wheels heavy as shit? No, not no. that heavy. God, they look great. They look just like a mongoose. Mm -hmm. That was the idea. Yeah, we, I did two sets of those with uh, Jeff Wright and Church of Shoppers. You don't make them anymore? No, we just made the two sets. God, so yeah, good. There's no, it's not a whole lot of money in making wheels, and it's a lot of money output. So Yeah. If somebody wanted to get those wheels, what would it cost? Five grand? Oh, no. I mean, I could probably pull off something like that in the $1,500 range per wheel. Oh, wow. That ain't bad. So, I mean, it's, it's doable, but it's you know not really... Yeah, M money conscious me to make a bunch of them to sell them. What about that motor? That tri that motor kind of flopped, right? That SNS X wedge, yeah, yeah, the X wedge. No, well, yeah, it was bad timing on their part. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of when the economy started to tank, and SNS's management was changing at that point. Right. And the motor itself is amazing. It works really, really well. It's good. Yeah, it works real well. It was a monster because it was fuel injected. You know, 117 inches. It was, a, I mean, an absolute monster. I mean, we did a bunch of work with the fuel injection because that thing, when you let off, would come off so hard that it'd push you forward onto the tank almost. Really? We did a ton of work to the, the D-cell map, adding gas to D-cell when you let off the gas. Yeah. So it would smoothly come right off. It, was, it worked real well, though. Tons I, of power. They still use it in some sort of three-wheeled thing, Crosley, something like that. They still make it? They still make it. Wow, I never see anyone rolling. It looks like a V-rod <clears throat> no. motor. 
Mm, kind of. But yeah. yeah, you never ever seen it. The one I built is probably the only traditional chopper with that motor. You still got that bike? No, that bike is, I sold to a buddy of mine, a Swedish buddy of mine, and then he sold it, and it's in Japan now. Right. All, all your stuff goes to Japan, right? No, That's, just that. Oh, really? That's the only thing, that? yeah. You still have the Super Freak? Nope. I don't own it anymore. Sold it about two years ago. Wow. Yeah. You had that bike forever. I built it. Well, I had the had the drivetrain forever. Right. That's the bike I had first up in 96. And then I rebuilt it, you know, 10 different ways before blowing the motor and taking it apart completely and redoing it as the Super Freak. Yeah, wow, wow. Well, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I was just because mm, I, I was looking at your, um, your, your bikes. And the newest one is fucking incredible, I guess, from Born Free 5. Yeah. Uh, well, no, this, the, the newest one is the pan I did for Born Free 8, the giveaway bike for last yeah, year. Yeah, not yeah, that, but that one that looks like a... a oh, the turbo bike? Yeah. 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 Holy shit, that thing's great. It looks like Thank a you. flat tracker bike. Yeah, it's fully set up as a fully purpose street tracker, yeah. It's a monster. Now, you grew up here in Studio City, right? I did. And uh, what what years, did you go to high school and shit here? Yeah. Wow. Graduated in 1988. Did you ever go to Van Nuys Harley? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I used to work over there. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we had. I went there all the time, and then when I got out of MMI, I tried to get a job there. And then I ended up not, and then I'm going back to work for the guy that I was working for beforehand. What What is it that gets you into bikes back then? Everybody's same kind of evil Knievel? Well, I mean, that didn't really get me into bikes. I was obsessed with evil Knievel. I had all the toys. It yeah. was the coolest thing ever. I mean, who, whose hero from that age bracket that was a boy, their hero wasn't evil Knievel. Yeah. It, how is, it isn't possible for it not to be. It's like the ultimate Americana hero on any level it was he's he was the king of that you know even though he's a complete jerk in person but yeah right he was a complete jerk but he's yeah. still a hero you know but uh got me into bikes i mean i was obsessed with you know muscle cars and 50s cars and then i just started my good buddy of mine who was into bikes kind of got me into it and i fell head first into it yeah you know and it was my absolute complete obsession all the time for years yeah, that's you know, right. It's still it's still something that I'm obsessed with, but it's different now. But it's still absolutely there. Right. So you go to MMI in Arizona. <laughs> I went to MMI in 1990, 91. Yeah. W- would you recommend that to people? You learn shit. Is it good or or well, are you just pull it apart now and go? No, on YouTube? It, it, it's good. It's just it. Yeah, I don't recommend that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a decent start. I think. Yeah. It kind of got me in the right direction because I. I mean, I had kind of a leg up anyway, because I worked as a parts manager in a bike shop, Vic's Custom Cycle, in 89. Where was that at? It was in Reseda. It was on Sherman Way and White Oak at and that point. And what were they doing, like chopper stuff or Choppers, stuff? old bikes, repair. Um, yeah, Evos had just kind of started to come into the shop, because it was mostly older stuff we worked right. on. Um, but we had a lot of vintage stuff, and that's where I pretty much fell in love with vintage stuff. You yeah. know, I mean, vintage Harleys, vintage choppers, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, we went to, I was there and then that kind of got me the, the obsession into older stuff, much bigger. When you, you went know. to MMI, are they teaching anything on knuckles and pans or what? Well, at teaching? that point, at that point there was an early model program, uh, which I took as well as the late model program. Um, I graduated number one in my class, you know, but it was still like, yeah, that's it. The leg up I had from working in parts kind of gave me a leg up going into it because I knew what a lot of the stuff was right. by looking at it. Cause you just go in fresh. You're not going to know what anything is you know, the parts. I mean, I can look at all the stuff and tell you what it is, you know? And um, that made the schooling better because I understood it a little better going in. But still, I mean, you come out of MMI, you think you know everything, but as soon as you're put into a real world situation, yeah, it's never what you learned in school, yeah. ever. It's like anything. 
Yeah, it's like it's, you could rehearse all day long playing rock music, and then you mm. get in the gig and you break a string, and all of a sudden you're like, now what? You know, exactly. You just got to start fucking digging in and learning. Exactly, and that's the thing. I probably learned more the first month I was working for Vic out of school than I did the entire time at school. Wow, because you, you real world situations are far different than book schooling on how to build something. Yeah, even when you're taking stuff apart and tearing it down in a class, it's far different than fixing a broken problem that you have to diagnose first. So you're working at Vix for how long? I worked at Vix and was a parts manager from probably about a year and a half before I went to MMI. I then got out of MMI, went back to work for Vic for almost four years. You know, and then I worked at another shop, and then I destroyed my right leg in a motorcycle accident. Oh wow, what happened? An old man made a left turn in front of me. Oh, I got crushed in my right ankle. Yeah. Uh, my ankle was fused four years later after that. Wow. But I was working at another shop at the time then, and then I went back to work for Vic in 98 late 98 and i worked there up until 2001 west when i went coast. to work for jesse yeah how does that happen you're working at vix and west coast is kind of a smaller shop at the time and then they moved to long beach and get the bigger th- the first side going right and what does jesse hear of you and call you or do you know i don't you going remember how he and i first hooked up yeah i know that we did online somehow first and then i ran into him somewhere and then back and forth you know but then i can't remember who it was someone you know i think it was actually my ex-wife told ran into him somewhere and said hey when are you gonna hire my husband yeah okay and then he called me and i went down there and i talked to him and bill at the time and he offered me a job and i turned him down because it wasn't really what i was looking for right but then a year later we did the motorcycle mania 2 the riding disturbed us with Jesse and yeah. Larry and Giuseppe. And once I actually knew those guys a little better, I was like, okay. And then I went to work for him three months later. So you, you turned down the job and then how do you get involved with motorcycle mania too? Well, he just hit me up. Oh, he just hit you up. Like, hit do me you want to go on this ride? Hey, we're going to do this thing. Indian Larry's going to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, totally. You know, cause I was a, a fan of Larry's, Yeah. you know, and I was kind of, sketchy about meeting him in person yeah because when you meet someone that you're a fan of like that you're always let down yeah, you know yeah, and larry yeah. was just the raddest most down-to-earth nut job ever yeah the total freak show carney i mean he was awesome i mean separate of the bike stuff he was awesome you that's, know and he had a really cool insight on how to build motorcycles and what they're used for yeah that's cool i i uh i heard he was a motor king you yeah know? oh that, absolutely that was he was engine. he was it was all of his thing it was just he had a really simplistic style of looking at stuff and it's like form and function with him. Yeah. You know, it's like it, everything lately and since then he has gotten so far away from form and function, you know? Yeah. And I still think that's a, something I always go back to. He's like the less is more type, you know, way of building stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we've had the way I look at it now is we've had the three real phases uh, in the last 15 years. We had mm-hmm. the, the choppers that got all the way up to the dumb, big, unrideable tires and all that. Yep. Then it, the full-blown bagger phase. And then, of course... We're still there. Yeah, and then the FXR Dyna era, you know. Yeah, I think the FXR, that thing is kind of coinciding because the bagger thing's still going on. Yeah. I mean, I went to Sturgis last year, and it was nauseating how many bikes were there, baggers were there, stretch dropped baggers with 26-inch front wheels yeah. and turbos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. like, yeah, like, first of all, you got a rim you can't go over 100 miles. Yeah, on. all these crazy juxtaposition of stuff that just, in my eyes, doesn't work. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, know, to me, me. It, it just gets down to, 
uh, now I look at a motorcycle like a tool. Like I love my Road King because mm -hmm. I go everywhere. And yeah, for sure. I, I worship ABS brakes because of <laughs> fucking fools now. It's absolutely. It's it's more crazier now to ride a motorcycle than ever. It's insane. It's like absolutely true. I used to have a uh, like a, a close call once a year. And I'd get home like, wow, today, man, I can't believe it. Now it's once a week. Yeah, it's all the time. It's I mean, texting I and weed smoking. Yeah. And I haven't downstairs. been riding daily since my last accident two and two years, you know, three months ago, whatever it was. You know, and it's like, I, I don't think I'll ever ride daily ever again. Wow. I mean, I'll ride. I'm still going to ride as much yeah. as I can, but you I've had never. You a bad one a couple years yeah, ago, right? Yeah, like crushed my, crushed my left leg. Is that your second one? That's my second bad one, yeah. Right. And what happens on that one? Because I remember there was like some uh, benefits and yeah, stuff. No, it yeah, no, was, people were unbelievably generous and helpful to us. I mean, it saved our lives. You right. Know, I didn't lose everything. You right. Know? So it was. What happens you know. on this one? Well. That what happened? Yeah. Um, I was on my way to work in the morning because I was working at the Harley Deer at the time. Um, what one? Uh, Huntington Beach. Oh, Huntington it was Beach. Westminster, but we moved to Huntington Beach. Oh yeah. Um, I was service writing slash parts countering, you know, doing whatever they needed me at that point. Right. And um, I just transferred over to full time to make some changes. And um, I was on my way to work, and two blocks from our front door, I'm going down street in San Pedro, and lady blows right through a stop sign and slams into me. Wow, man. Crushes my left leg, compound fracture, tibia, oh. you know, fracture the fibula, the whole deal. She keep going? No, she stopped. Wow. You know, but I, you know, literally, you know, called my wife from my phone that was still stuck on the bike that was 20 feet away from me once someone brought it to me. Yeah. You know, and she came down, and I was in the hospital for, you know, over a week wow. to repair my legs, and my legs went up and down, and my legs never going to be the same. Yeah, that's you know, crazy. But I'm walking and I'm doing the best I can, you know? Yeah, it's fucking... But it's something I deal with every day and I look at motorcycling different now. I'm not, I'm not going to be riding as much as I was. Right. You know, I still love it. It's still what I love. But, I mean, you know, I have two different bikes I'm going to be racing now, you know, and I figure that's way safer to race on a flat track yeah. than to ride on the street every day. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> everyone man. has the same goal on the track. No yeah. one's looking at their phone. Yeah. No one's loaded. It's just, you know... It is crazy out there, yeah, it's, man. Yeah, it's bad. It's weird because when I got ran over, I was like, my first thought was like, well, I'm good. I rode 32 years. I had to run. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ride anymore just because it was just so fucking crazy. And then sure. a couple of weeks go by and, it, you know, a, a, a good few days in a car with some traffic. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, fuck this. Because yeah. I haven't been in a car in years. Oh, you yeah. Know? So sure. it was just insane. But. You know, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable what a fuck you people have uh, out on the road. They don't Absolutely. Give a, they don't give a fuck about anyone. Absolutely true. It's insane. So, okay. So you and you live right next to the worst freeway in the world for that. The 101 is the worst freeway in the planet for a motorcycle. The 101 seems to be, all the lanes are a little bit narrower though. Yeah. So well, it's just tighter on the 101. everyone does 90. Yeah. It's insane. Like, even if you want to ride like Mellow, like I'm going to ride Mellow now and just people. Yeah. Yeah. That's you. my problem too, is I don't know how to do that. I know. I, I don't. I, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm in a car now and I'm relaxed in a car now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't haul ass everywhere in the car. Just my wife's nuts. Yeah. You know, cause I cruise everywhere in the car now. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. cruise and it's easy and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be dangerous. I don't want to get in an accident. I yeah. just, I try to leave myself time where I'm not in a hurry, you know, but on a motorcycle, it's a whole different mindset. You get motorcycle, it? I'm constantly focused on everyone around me yeah. all the time. You're hyper aware of everything going on. You know, all the instincts are there at all the time, you know, but I'm, I find myself going way faster than I should be all the time. I know. So I do my best not to, you know, it's like. I try cruise when I, you know, but it's just, it's hard to get away from that kind of riding. 
especially these bikes that like we were riding like choppers and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like one wrong move, at least with my Harley or, or a Beamer or something. I got ABS brakes. Sure. I grab them, you know, but man, one wrong way. Like, I don't care how long you've been riding. You're still going to grab way too much brake if someone pulls out in front of you. For sure. Absolutely. It's just fucking a, a It's instinct. Instinct. It's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. We shot a bunch of video of me riding the giveaway bike a couple days ago. Yeah. And it's been a while since I'd really ridden an old bike with shitty brakes yeah. around just hauling ass around. And I'm like, wow. You know, it's been a while. And I'm like, damn, these brakes suck compared to, you know, we're used to riding FXR or a newer yeah. brake, good bike yeah. with good brakes. Yeah totally different you know so i'm like you got to just kind of shift gears to change the way you ride to deal with that you got to be putting man when you're on like an, an old panhead or something you know still not very good at that but i know uh, but i'm just saying like <laughs> it's impossible like i always look yeah. down and go fuck i'm doing 80 and sure oh especially on a new bike too yeah it's, oh, it's God, a new you're bike. just hauling ass all the time and it's just you just feel it and, and you feel uh you know, like bulletproof, like an idiot. You're out there like, yeah, 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 you know? Well, I always tend to mind fuck myself too. Before I ride anywhere, I'll tell myself all things that can happen. But once I'm on the bike yeah, and everything's going fine, I'm, I'm not really, I'm conscious of it, but I'm not thinking about that stuff. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, you know, survival and getting there and having a good time enjoying when doing it. Well, you know, I think once a week too, uh, I got like PTSD or whatever. I get a flashback on it. Oh, I have stuff like that all the time. All the time, when I man. Ride now. It's all, all the time. Crazy. Like, I'll be riding, and then uh, just a car will just go by, and I go, oh. Yeah, you, you know, for sure. Because like, that's how she hit me, just mm -hmm. full 70, you know, right mm -hmm. to the side of me. So I'll get this, or the sound of it will hit me, and I'll be like, oh, fuck. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I, I dealt with that after my first accident. Right. You know, I, I see someone making, I mean, everyone was going to make a left in front of me. Totally, man. To and these Uber fuckers are the real <laughs> Satan of bikes now. Because yeah, they just, sure. they'll just be sitting on Sunset, right? And right. I'll be coming, and then they'll go, oh, there's my ride. And they'll just... For sure. You turn, they don't care, man. Well, that's the thing. No one's paying attention. No one cares. And it makes it hard for riding a motorcycle. Yeah, it does. It makes man. it dangerous. And it's it's changed my outlook on it. And it's changed all the kind of riding I'm doing. But, yeah, because I don't even have a street bike right now. Yeah, you know. I sold the last one I have, and I've just got the two race bikes that are running right now. And we'll have the turbo bike too, but that's yeah, yeah. That's not something I'm gonna ride all the time. Yeah, you probably won't get us another one, right? No, I will. Oh yeah. There's a bunch of stuff I want to build. I, I still want to build an FXR the way I want to build one. Right. So. Uh, all right. So you go on this ride, man, mm -hmm. um, on the Motorcycle Mania 2, mm -hmm. and you don't really know the, anybody, right? Like, uh, good. That had to be a killer experience, right? Oh, it was, it was super fun. I mean, everything went wrong with everybody's shit on the way there. Yeah. You know, I mean, the one bike we thought was going to have a problem, the, the CFL that Giuseppe Ronson was riding right. had zero problems. The right. RevTech motor chopper had zero problems. You know, I mean, what my was bike, the bike had you were riding? My Panhead. Oh, yeah. And I had carburetor issues. Larry's magneto coil went out. Oh, I remember Jesse's that. charging system went out. And then the rocker box problem. I mean, all kinds of shit went wrong. Yeah. Oh, you he know. rode Sturgis too out there, right? Yeah, the blue. And bike. then that Patrick's motor kind of expanded from the heat. Yeah, or something. it's something with some of the rocker arm hardware was wrong or something. I don't remember exactly. So after the ride, you just figure, all right, I'm going to start working here. Oh, well, kinda. I mean, I was just kind of like, you know, I spent that whole week because the week that's that's the thing too. It's like I had way more fun in Sturgis that week because I pretty much hung out with Larry all week. Right. You know, it was killer. We rode all over and had a killer time. And that was before. He was super well-known either. There were people that absolutely, people that knew him because he absolutely had a fan base. Yeah. But it was far different than it was after he was on TV. Right. You right. know, but it just kind of, I'm not, you know, I don't know how I went from there to working for him, but somehow it came up and I said, okay. Yeah. 
You know, and so do you. And move, that was October of '01. You moved down to Long Beach. Moved to Long Beach. Yeah. And yeah, because that's got to be a change. You grew up right here. It was. Oh yeah, huge change. Yeah, Long Beach. You know. You're just like, there's nothing going on around no, here. No, it's just different. Oh, there's tons going on. It's just yeah. different. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. It's just a. It's just kind of a. Yeah, it's just a different place. You know. So that 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 shop, you know, once you start working there, that's like oh one, oh two, and now it starts to get fucking. Well, no, it was it was within. I started in October. WrestleMania two came out in January, and yeah. that's kind of when. I mean, the shit was it was always a little crazy, right? You know, but once it was after that show came out, it I mean, shit hit the fan down there. Yeah. You as know, far as like people, people, yeah, because you had the gates up and yeah. they would just stand there oh, yeah. watching yeah, shit. It was, it was crazy. That was actually a weird scene. Like it I was super weird. There. But if you know. I pulled up on one of the bikes, you'd get surrounded. Like, oh yeah, Whoa. it was it was crazy for a while. Just there, people out sure. there from Japan and mm-hmm. France and fucking Germany and then, yeah. You know, I mean, the TV show killed it for Jesse. I mean, killed it in a good way for him. You know, because yeah. it, it opened the door to all these people. You know, and he's a. You know, he's a personality, so people want to see that, good yeah. and bad, whatever, you know, and it's just like, it was insane. Yeah. It's like, I, I got in there right, it had already gotten a little crazy, but while I was there, it got much crazier. Yeah. You know, and then everything shifted while I was there, too. So, it was the time period I was there was like the perfect time period for me to be there. Did you enjoy it? Um. Yeah, I mean, there were stuff that happened, like the first day I was there that I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Oh, you know, <laughs> like, what happened? I, I'm not going to go into what it was, but just... <laughs> Just something I was told to do by someone I was working with, how to deal with an issue that was absolutely, in my opinion, the wrong way to deal with it. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, God, what the hell am I doing? Wow. You know, but then it kind of shifted. And it was good. I mean, there's, I mean, I look back on it. I have to think to look at the bads and bad things now because there was a lot of negative stuff that happened too. But, you know, for the most part, it, I look back on it and it's all good. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I mean, I learned a ton about building at a, a much higher level than I had been. I learned, you know, I learned a ton about machining. I met a ton of people. I mean, looking back on it, it was all positive for me. Yeah, you were only there, what, four years? Four years, yeah. You were the first guy to leave? Uh, one of them. Yeah, I mean, Bill left after you, right? No, Bill left before oh, me. Oh, he left before yeah, you. he left before me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was interesting to see um, that whole thing of like, you know, just how a $100,000 chopper started happening. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, right? I mean, and a lot of people think that's like crazy money, but... It, it is crazy money. It is crazy, but I mean, the <laughs> amount of hours that were put into these bikes. Yeah, but it's still crazy money. Yeah. <laughs> it you know, is six figures for a motorcycle that isn't a vintage collectible bike is yeah. a little crazy to me. But it, it was wild to see around then, right? Like for sure. Shaq. And, oh, yeah. And no, they're all, there, was a whole, there was a list of bikes that went through there while I was there that... Stuff that I worked on that were six-figure motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I liked what's-his-name's bike, um, Keona Reeves. The blue bike? No, the blue, black it a, one. Because it, like it was a blue dragon that we did for him first. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was your favorite style of bike out of there? Well, I mean, I, I kind of wish I had a dragon chassis. Oh, yeah. Just because I liked them. For a soft tail, I liked them. Right. Um, I don't know if I'd ever do anything with it. The CFL is a killer chassis. I mean, I'm building one now for a guy, which yeah. is I'm kind of stoked to be doing because it's been a long time since I built one. But I think my favorite, honestly, was the Diablo 1, the high upstretch one with the longer fork. Right, Because right. they rode bitching. The guy named Vic Miller had one that was... Like a medium green with orange flames. It was absolute yeah. cherry to ride. I mean, the, the whole setup was killer. You know, and the CFL worked real well, too. CFL, I think, is great. The two it's a killer up, chassis. I yeah. think it's a great bike. It is. Any, it, any version of it, pretty much, is a good... It, they're, they're decent. Every one of them. Absolutely. Did you ever, did you ever get into the CFL 3? It was like a red line bike. No, I never... Well, the, the CFL 2, yeah, the, the Monaco oh, frame that's what deal. I mean. yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that was... He was working on that before I left, but they never actually did anything with it until yeah. I was gone. 
Now, when you leave, it, it, it's pretty much just bad, right? You're like, I'm out of here. Cause I think yeah, it's, it didn't end all that well. It just got so crazy down. Well, there, it was right? just it just became a personal thing with Jesse and I, and you know it just didn't end very well. But, right. You know, whatever. Once you leave there, you start working for Harley. No, I would just went. I started working for myself. Got you. You know, and that's all I did for years. Chopper Dave casting. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of that, doing some bike stuff, and you know, all kinds of random stuff like that. Really starting to do the casting stuff and making more products. Right. I went to work for Harley two days a week in, I don't, 08, 09 maybe. Right. I don't remember exactly when that was. Right. And I was there for two days a week for years, you know, just working in the parts department, helping them do inventory and whatever, you know. And they had a lot of old stuff in inventory too, so it worked out really well in the long run. But, you know, and then I went, I only gone full time maybe four months before my accident. Wow. You know, because I was still running my entire business that whole time. Wow. You know, building bikes and, you know, all the stuff, parts and all that stuff. When you step out of that world, it, was it just kind of like weird? Because that was such a uh, under the magnifying glass, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I've had, uh, now I got you, I've had uh, Jay on mm-hmm. and Aki. Yeah. It, it just seems so weird to think about. Now it's almost better because it's back to people that just ride, right? You know, yeah, because that was Well, yeah, just, it's, it's different. I mean, it's a different yeah. clientele. It's a different way of looking at stuff. Yeah. You I, know, I mean, money I, I look back yeah. at it. Well, yeah, well, well, for what the bikes were selling for, sure. Yeah. You know, but it's just, it was just a different thing. I look back on it now and some of the best things I took from it is, you know, the skills I learned there, which just expanded on what the skills I already had, you know, and the people that I've met from there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, Aki's shop is 50 yards from my shop. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I see him every day. We barbecue chicken every day almost for lunch. Yeah. You know, we're just, we deal with, we do work on stuff together. I help him with sales team with stuff. It's killer. I never would have thought 10 years ago that he'd become one of my closest friends. Right. You know? At the it, shop, you guys didn't talk much? Well, we did, but like he's one of the few people, of, they were my friends that I got in a huge fight with, like yelling match in the middle of the shop with. Right. And I, it's funny, too, because he and I have talked about it, and I don't remember exactly what it was about. He doesn't either. Yeah. You know, but now he's one of my closest friends. You know, well, that shop just Thanksgiving seemed with like last a breed year, of tension. Killer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know I, I mean? The shop breeding tension is a nice way to put it yeah that's absolutely true i mean that it was high tension all the time around there yeah it was high stress high tension you know you're constantly being pushed to do this do that you know and it was up and down and up it was a roller coaster yeah it really was was but it was it was i look back on it it was some killer stuff going on while i was there and i built some killer stuff you know so which was your favorite that you built there oh man i don't even know honestly probably that little flathead that i built there right when i started yeah the, the worry flathead yeah you know, but I worked on a ton of stuff there. I mean, I worked on a bunch of Jesse's bikes, you know, a ton, all kinds of stuff. I love the uh, Headfield knucklehead, you know? Yeah. That thing's great. That's kind of like a classic chopper. Yeah, that was one of the, that was, that was still there when I left. Yeah. But I did, I last, I remember I took a road test on that thing and I was out in Riverside somewhere and something leaked, started leaking or something and they came out and picked me up. But yeah, yeah, I, that was a good bike. Do you like those um, SNS knuckles and, and pans? The, yeah. yeah, they work well. I mean, I don't really, the SNS pan, I don't really care for styling wise as much the way it works internally because it's got shovel head rockers in it. But, uh-huh. you know, I, they, they make an excellent product. I mean, I'm an absolute huge fan of SNS. Me too. Their stuff absolutely works. Like the, the bike I just built for Born Free has their entire hydraulic tappet um, oil feed system for the top end in it. Right. Converted the whole pan head from case oiling through the cylinders to evolution lifters oiling up through the push rods and it works amazing what i love i love born free man you like it yeah i mean i was i was i was up and down about it for years and i've kind of just like because i 
I try really hard to stay out of all the drama that goes on with the whole chopper scene with people. I try really hard to stay out of it. It's interesting it's, how much drama there is there's in the motorcycle of world, it's, man. There's a it's, ton of it. It's so weird. It, it seems to me like, I mean, I do stand up and, and everybody's pretty much like, hey, hey, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and that's a high money possibility mm-hmm. and, and jealousy sure. could happen. But it's pretty, pretty good. And same with rock or, or movies. But then you get into this chopper world. And it's so weird how like this guy ripped me off and fuck that guy and oh this guy owes me money and that, mm-hmm. oh, that fucking guy slept with my woman and <laughs> it's I think it's just such a small little uh, world that it's just it's man it, it's almost like a soap opera you know that's very true it's insane and right it's, and it's just gotten worse too with that stuff but it's like I was kind of I was pretty much over it right. Maybe three or four years ago, I was over it. I didn't really care. I was doing as little shit what I can with it, but I was still making parts. And you know, then they asked me if I wanted to do Born Free, and I'm like, okay. And timing wise, it all kind of clicked for me, right? With that turbo bike that I built, and you know, just timing wise with doing that, and it kind of, it kind of made me like like it again because I look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I look at it that what it's what it's really doing is giving me a chance to do the stuff that I really love, you know, and I you know making money with it here and there, and you know, doing okay and being able to make a living doing it. And still enjoying it. It hasn't taken, it's kind of gave me a different perspective of looking upon it that way. So I didn't get super negative with it. Cause I, at that point, I was super negative. I was over it. I'm like, yeah. this sucks. I'm done. All these people suck. All these bikes suck. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but now I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of, I, lo- I look at it for the stuff I love in it. And I've kind of just let any of the stuff that, I, that bothers me go. Right. You know, I mean, my attitude's way, you know, it's like I, I ran that they forced me to hate shirt forever that I was making, you know, yeah. and that, that came from a, newspaper headline that that we saw one morning walking to the burger place by West Coast Shoppers. Yeah, Cisco And I had burgers. it taped to my, no, way before that. Oh, I got you. It was just the, the burger place we used to call Squishy Burger. Yeah. You know, and I had it taped to my flat plate forever and then it just kind of ran with it. But it's kind of like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm really over it because I still can't stand everybody. But yeah, yeah. for the most part, I'm just, <laughs> I look at it differently now. I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of over all the negative crap. I just don't let it affect me anymore. Right, yeah. You know, I do what I do and luckily I'm able to do that. And there's enough people that seem to like it, so I can do okay, you know, but it's still, you know, I try to take the positive things from it. Because yeah. it comes down to it, I still love motorcycles. Yeah, that and I'm mean, not going to let all the drama kill my love for motorcycles. Where do you think the drama comes from? Isn't it? I mean, what do you think that is? It's just, well, I think there are a lot of people that have, like, there's people that, a million people that opened shops, you know, yeah. five, ten years ago that wanted to build, big, wanted to build bikes. They wanted to be big money exactly, people. Exactly. They wanted to build bikes to make money. And you can't, you can't make money building bikes. Right. You know, it's like there was recently a couple of days ago, a huge thing online, you know, about shops or, and people selling bikes for too much money and what they're really worth, you know, because right. you can't make money building bikes anymore. Right. I mean, you can if you have a customer that wants this or that built, then it's a different story. But yeah. building bikes from scratch to sell, there's no money in it. Yeah. None. Well, first you got you're gonna get the guy walk in and he's gonna go like I, I want something like this, but maybe a different tank. So Well yeah, that's I mean that's yeah. but that's a different situation. Right. You know. But I'm just saying, like if you're just building bikes and putting them on the floor, no one's just yeah, you coming can't, in. There's no money in that. I know. And then you gotta figure out if you can get some financing on it, but if you're not a corporation, you can't get finance on a special right, construction. For sure. yeah, you know, I, yeah. people with day tech frames and shit, yeah, just I doing that stuff. Yeah, I don't wanna deal with any of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty weird. I I feel like what happened was some people got on TV and then other people couldn't get on TV and then they just hated the people that were on TV and really what it felt like to me was uh it was just a jealousy thing and maybe they didn't really like building bikes. They just wanted to get on TV. Well, I think a there's a bunch of people that got into it with the wrong intentions. Right. 
you know, they wanted to make money and their intentions to do it weren't really pure. And if you're going to be in this industry, for one thing, it has to be a labor of love. I do this because I love it. That's yeah. it. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't be doing it. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, I'd be right. making more money doing something else somewhere else. Absolutely. You know, but it's what I really love. It's what really, you know, drives me to do this stuff, you know, and it's, if you don't love it, you're not going to succeed at it. Yeah. You're not. If you're just in it to, to make a ton of money and cash in without the proper love for it, you're never going to be able to do the work that has to be done. That's like comedy. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's like, it's like most things like that comedy. for sure. You know what I mean? People just think like, I'll just do this for a few months and then get a TV show. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work like that at all. It's pretty interesting to see how far that went, uh, the chopper world. I think it's going to come back too. Like there'll be some kind of a... Well, yeah, I mean, there's TV shows now. I mean, there's the Sacred Steel as a show right now and there's yeah. all kinds of, you know, that's it's still going to keep happening. Yeah. Because the TV people are still going to see ways to cash in on it. Well, there's no money to make the show. You True. know what I mean? That's I mean, a, were you paid problem. to be on the show? No. Yeah, exactly. No, I worked with, you know, I did I got paid when I did Monster Garage. Yeah. But you know, cuz everyone got everyone got paid to do that. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, it was just, you know, like we just did it. Monster Garage was cool, right? Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. I mean, I met a lot of neat people when they were filming that. Yeah. You know, and I did that one episode and it it was fun. I had a good time with that. So cool to just make weird shit. Yeah, like, it was a neat it was a neat segue away from my normal job, you Yeah. cuz I was just took a week off from work just to go do that. You know, it was super fun. You ever talk to Bill Dodds? Yeah, if I see him. Yeah, see him. You know, I haven't seen him or really t- talked to him since I was last in Sturgis. No, I saw him last year in Sturgis. Yeah. But I talked to him for five minutes and that was it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, it's so funny that I, I bet that like Discovery Channel would die to get like, the original crew is back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's funny too. I think about that too. The crew that was there for the core of my time yeah. with, with Joe and Skippy and Jay and... And Aki, you know, and it's Mark like, Nelson was he there? And Mark, yeah, he was. Mark was in and out while I was there. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, no, that core group was killer. Yeah, it really was. You know, and that kind of started to fall apart. You know, and then it did fall apart. You right. Know? But that core group was killer. Absolutely. And talk about like uh, like a casting agent's dream. <laughs> Everybody had their own personality. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just like you. You couldn't even find this crew. Like, okay, we're looking for the, an angry dude, you know. <laughs> then we need an Asian guy from Japan. Yeah, no, it was, it was a big, it was a neat mix of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. You know, but that's, looking at it now, too, though, it's like Aki and I are the only people that work there in that capacity for that time period that are doing bikes full time. Right. You know, oh, Bill doesn't so. do bikes? Oh, no, Bill does, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, any of the, the, the core guys that remain doing it, because Bill was building and doing, you know, run all the running stuff, too. But right. any of the, the guys that were actually working all the time. I you know, it's really I, just Aki and I. I still love that Count uh, Chocula bike. Oh, the, yeah, the brown uh, CFL two. Y- yeah, that yeah. was a fucking great. Yeah, bike. nice bike. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like I never really, for the most part, really cared for those bikes a whole lot. Right. But I kind of I was able to do it because I liked what Jesse where Jesse was thinking, where, where he was coming from with it. Yeah, that's what I could identify with. That's why people. I remember when I first went to work there, people were just like, "Oh my god, how can you go to work there?" I'm like, "Well, he's building from a pure." The, the way he looks at it is like a pure chopper type of building deal. Right. I get it. And he's not looking, he's not there trying to make a million dollars. Yeah. He's not there trying to build the craziest thing. He wants to build functional, you know, bikes that really work. Yeah, like old Frisco style any of those bikes, honestly, that came out of the bike they were built in the shop, you could hop on and beat the crap out of them. Oh, I've At the crap out of them. I, I, mean, I rode. I, I rode the shit out of them. Yeah. I mean, we used to road test up over from Long Beach over the bridges and a Pedro back around. I mean, I've gone. 110 plus on multiple of those bikes over the bridges. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was, it was killer. I mean, the bikes, they worked. We did them from a perspective that that had to be the main thing. 
That was a shit freeway. The oh, 710. I, I yeah, the 710's all. It's still Whoa. awful. Yeah, it's still awful. It, what a fucking shit freeway. Yeah, I, remember, I remember there was, uh, at the time, there was like some kind of um, like poster or whatever. We, we test our ride our bikes through the worst yeah. conditions ever or whatever. Yeah. It's, it was insane. Oh, yeah, and they still hasn't been fixed. It was, I remember it got fixed up until the 405. Yeah. While I was there, but it was still shit from the 405 down. To Just the a garbage can, man. A yeah, fucking it's still bad. Stuff. You got all the trucks coming off the port and just ruin the freeway. Oh, just potholes yeah. and fucking oh, yeah. and, and garbage they're all still there. and ladders and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, like uh, old fucking like weed eater parts or whatever. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was, it's still like that. That shit is insane. Did you ever work when it moved to the big side across the street or were you? Yeah, gone? I was still there. Oh, you were still there? Yeah, I was still there. Yeah, that fucking side was insane. Yeah, when Jesse moved out, of, that's kind of when it started to shift. Right. The whole, it just, the whole goal and the whole, it kind of started to fall apart when he left the main building and moved over there. Yeah. And kind of isolated himself from the shop. Right. I mean, he was still in the shop, but it, it, that's when it, in my eyes, kind of started to shift yeah. and stop being what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. All of a sudden, it was just kind of... Because he kind of stepped back from it. I don't think it was his intention, but he right. kind of did. Right. You know, and it kind of, that and the whole, I think a lot of people really, you know, faulted him for the Walmart deal. Right. You know, and like... Whatever. I mean, I get it, but I, know, I think a lot of people a did. Second, man. Well, that's the thing. Anyone who's a businessman, be yeah. like, oh, sure, why not? Yeah, sell you know, but I think a lot of people really faulted him for that. Well, that's and just, that was kind of at the same time, and that's kind of when it kind of started to shift. And yeah. just the whole the unity that was there for a time period that I was there <laughs> when it was there. Yeah, wasn't always there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of <laughs> shifted yeah. when that happened, and when he moved across the street, it just it started to kind of fall apart slowly. It was a slow downhill thing. I never understood that punk rock thing of, uh, you know, uh, uh, in any kind of biz, like, oh, what a sellout, you know? Well, like, I, I get it, yeah. but... I get it, too. You know, but also, when you're starving for Yeah, I know. When you're not making money and you have a chance all. to make money, yeah. you can't turn that stuff down. Yeah, I mean, you and no one's going to turn that stuff down. Without that money, the shop would have been gone a long time before that, you know what I mean? Well, no, that came... Because he did... I mean, there was... I mean, <laughs> they did... The Daytona, they did, like... Like Biketoberfest, yeah. Right before I went to work for him, right Camel that time bike. period. I mean, they made hand over fist money that that trip. I mean, yeah. a crazy amount of money selling like, shirts. You mean? Selling shirts. Oh yeah. I mean, six figures up from there selling shirts. It was crazy how much much money they made in Daytona just selling shirts. That's unbelievable. the original shirt with the, the cross logo. Yeah, one. it was crazy, crazy when that happened. There was a time where you would go to Sturges, and every guy had that fucking shirt. Oh on. yeah, for sure. I can't, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of shirts at a fucking place. That's totally possible. It's so, uh, more than Harley Davidson. Yeah, oh, it was crazy. Wow, man, it's so you know, It was absolutely insane. That whole time period with that stuff, it was just, everybody wanted, wanted it at that point. Yeah. Now, you, you, uh, you go to Moon Eyes a lot. I've been dying to go I've to- I've been five times now. I've been dying to go to Moon Eyes. Uh, <laughs> It's mind blowing. How great is it? It's, the, it's the most incredible show I've ever been to. Yeah, let's talk about it. It's in. Is it in Tokyo? It's in Yokohama. Yokohama at the Pacifico Yokohama, which is the main convention hall yeah. in Yokohama, right on the right on the water. Right. It's beautiful. Where it is is beautiful. I first went in 04, um, when I rebuilt the Super Freak for. Right. It was. It's a. And they airplane your bike over? Do well, you, no, they go over on a, on a, on a ship. On a ship? And yeah, they do put they all. Pay the, for it? Yeah, they pay for they pay for the bikes to go over, and they pay for the the invited guests to go. Right. Um. It's amazing. When I was first there, it was 04, and the convention center has like six or seven sections, you know, and they put the big wall up. And, yeah. 
I think it was three sections when I first went. I mean, now it's the entire building. Wow. I mean, it's massive. Yeah. They had something like 300 cars registered for it and over 600 plus motorcycles for it this year. Wow. It was mind-blowing. Did you see Decker there? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you're, they put them in a ship, how long does it take to get the bikes there? A couple um, weeks? It takes five, six weeks. Wow. It come, comes back in about three and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah, because it's quicker to come back than it is to go over there. Now, the when you're there... Ones. They just have choppers, and then at night, do you go on rides and stuff? And no, I mean, they used to have it so you could, we would, we would, like the first time I went, Cole Foster and Rob Forty and I rode all over Yokohama the day before the show. Right. You know, they'd give you a temporary plate, you rode on your back on a string, you know, and wow, it was killer. But right. now they can't do that because they've had so much backlash from the community for where the show is. Yeah. From 8 million bikes coming in invading. I mean, for a weekend. I think it's a load of shit that they get, they get a hard time for it. Wow. They don't deserve it because it's what? It's, it's a weekend. It's get only a it. weekend? Yeah, it's one day. The show's oh, one day. Holy shit. I thought it was like five, no. five nope. days or one something. Day. One lo- day. Lo- load in on Saturday and then the show on Sunday. Unbelievable. And everyone's out by Sunday night. That is insane. It's, one It's mind-blowing. Day. And it's just one day of complete. It, you can't see everything. Yeah. You know, you have to go and really look at everything. You want to see everything. But it's like, I mean, I was there for Saturday for the setup day. And I walked around taking pictures all day. You know, and then Sunday was the show. You know, and yeah. that was, then it's it. It's weird. I thought it was like a week-long thing. Nope. The show itself is one day. Holy shit. And it, I, you know. It's incredible. I, it's the most incredible mix of stuff I've ever seen, built-wise. I love Japan. Because, Kill-wise. you know, let's say they're into FXRs. They'll have exact, like, like bikes from like you know 85 90 mm-hmm. you know frisco style fxrs mm-hmm. oh, yeah. then they'll have like uh chopper dave style super freak well i mean they just they'll they'll take builds like that and they go as far as they can with it yeah you know, depending if it were it's a super old school build or even the guys that are building like old school patina style bikes you know that they, they, they'll just kill it yeah i mean they just nail it and it, it's killer it is and, killer. but there's so much stuff there you won't see here too Wow. You know, so every time I go, it's super, I always come back super inspired, you know, to do different things. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then the first thing, I mean, the first year I went was the crazy like that because I came back as like, you know, just exploding with stuff I wanted to do. Wow. You know, but it's still like that every time you go. It's amazing. I mean, Shige puts on an incredible show. Wow. Incredible. I need to go to that. It's amazing. Yeah, I might go And this, it's cheap to fly year. to Japan now, too. Oh, it's crazy, right? Yeah, it was like, I, a buddy of mine paid like six twenty for a ticket like two weeks before going. Wow, I think I need to go this year. And there's ways to go to Japan and do it on the cheap as well. Everyone yeah. thinks it's crazy expensive, and it's not. Yeah. You know, you can eat for super cheap. Of you course. can get hotel rooms cheap. Well, and, you're only there a couple days. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, I would stay for like a week, you know. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were been years I've gone that I stayed for a week or a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, but for the most part, we're there for four or five days and that's it. Yeah. That's all you need to be there. Five days. Yeah. You know? But if you want to really get into Tokyo or see more of Japan, you add a couple of days on to Tokyo it sure. rocks. Man. Tokyo's neat. It's insane. Yeah, it's super neat. Now, um, you got and riding a motorcycle in Japan is a whole nother deal. Cause I rode oh. one year. I oh, rode the other from, side. It's is on the other side, yeah. which is a total mind fuck. Yeah. But I rode from Yokohama to Tokyo on my buddy Makoto's bike, or Makanabe's bike, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's the editor of Hardcore Chopper at the time, and I rode his bike into Tokyo, and I was just, holy crap, because it's just chaos. Wow. There's an amazing video I remember back in the day, uh, whoever uh, Bill sold the uh, Count Chocula to, it went to Japan. That's in Japan, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, it gets off the boat or whatever, and they mm-hmm. uncrate it. The guy was smart. He videoed it, mm-hmm. and they open it up. He starts it and just rides it through <laughs> Japan, and yeah. it's an amazing video. Yeah, I haven't seen it. That's God, neat. it's really cool. I don't know if it's still on YouTube, but I was just like, wow, that is so sick. Oh, you that's know? Neat. 
You uh, now, anyway, Born Free. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy Born Free. I wish they would move it. I, I can't <laughs> stand where it's at. Like no trees, you know. Yeah. Well, luckily. <laughs> It's so They must hot. like me or something. I, t I tend to get a really good spot next oh, to Steve Merchant under a tree. Yeah, 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 because I saw Aki. He was under yeah. the tree. Yeah, because, yeah. boy, it gets fucking hot there, man. It, there, a couple years ago, it was brutal. Yeah. Last year wasn't so bad, but the year before, it was in yeah. the hundreds both days. It was awful. Really, really fucking hot. Yeah, but that's that time of year, too. You know, it's, hard to, it's hard to gauge, because, like, week before, it can be in the 80s, and that week, it can be in the 60s or in 105. Yeah. Now you got you building a bike for it this year. I am, and uh, I saw it. it. Looks like it's a fucking super chopper. Well, I mean, it's that <laughs> we're not Mark and I because it's for, it's Mark's bike that I'm building. Mark, Mark Nelson's Nelson. Bike. Yeah. Oh wow. Because he's the, he and I have been sharing the shop together. I've had for years. He doesn't work out of there, but he's got a bunch of stuff there. So. Oh no shit. Yeah, I mean, Mark's one of my best friends. That was the first West Coast I bought. Yeah. <laughs> I owned it for about a year. Oh, did you? And then oh, okay. Death Dealer came for sale, oh, okay. and I, oh, you I had that to have Death Dealer. Yeah, that was a neat bike. Yeah, you that was that. you know that's. The one I should have kept with the, I with the Frazetta paint job on yeah, it. Yeah, and it that just rode neat. great because it was a two mm -hmm. up with. No, eights. I know. I remember. I, I did the final assembly on it. Yeah, and then I sold that to get the Chongo. There you, you go. Know? But uh, I did the final assembly on that too. On the Chongo. that was a killer bike. That bike. Crushed. That bike was killer. That was a neat bike. It was a fun bike to ride. I've sold that bike twice. <laughs> oh, did you? I sold it to a buddy, oh, and then uh, a couple years later, I sold it for him to another guy mm -hmm. who owns all the West Coast. Now. Yeah, I hear there's that the, guy. The tow truck there's driver. a guy that yeah. owns a bunch of them, like yeah. like shop built bikes. I'm selling like two of them right now. What bikes are you selling? I'm selling a Dragon, okay. uh, JJ's uh, bikes. Okay. So a Dragon, and then the last. Um, uh, El Diablo to come out of there. Okay, El Diablo one uh, or two. Uh, it's a one. It's a hard tail. Oh no, I think it's a soft tail. I can't even okay. remember now. It's Is it been the like super wide tire or the one eighty two hundred. It's got a uh, two hundred. Okay, that's what they do when they were The on. Dragon is killer, though. The Dragon was a, as for a soft tail chassis, it worked really well. And I like the way they look, too. Yeah, yeah, they look great, yeah. man. They look like a, you know, a custom soft tail, but yeah, not sure. all gaudy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, back to the Born Free deal. Oh, I'm yeah. Building a Swedish style long bike. Oh, totally yeah. Totally traditional panhead, super clean. So in Sweden, they ride them super long? Yeah. I mean, well, see, that's the thing. My Swedish friends would yell at me for calling it a long bike. Yeah. Because it's not a long bike unless the forks are 20 over. Wow. And if we're going with 16 over forks, so. That's fucking unrideable. Like no, on, on slow turns, though? Nah. No way. It's all set up properly. I have Tole forks on it, uh, the Swedish made forks, the guy that pretty much pioneered making those things actually work and handle. Really? You know, so. Yeah. You know, and then what's the motor? Panhead. Panhead. Yeah. Yeah, is that your favorite motor? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a favorite motor because I, I love Knuckles. I, I, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have any one motor that I like the best because I like them all pretty much. I don't like shovel heads, though. Oh, Not really? a shovel head guy. How come? Okay, when I was working in the night in the early nineties, yeah. I think every single piece of shit shovel head yeah. would come into Vix and because I was the low guy on the totem pole, I had to work on it. Right. And they were never taken care of properly. And yeah. then the guys that owned them never had the money to fix them properly. So it was always a nightmare. And it kind of clouded my vision of them. I mean, I like shovels that I built the shovel head motor a couple months ago for a buddy of mine. Yeah. You know, but I, I'm not a shovel head guy at all. Yeah. I'll never probably never own one. There's a couple shovels out there I'd own, but that's about it. And I'll probably never build one. Yeah. I like the Knuckle For myself, the best. that is. Like a, a Knuckle FL, you know. Yeah. It's a killer bike. Mm -hmm. uh, now, let's get into casting a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I used to do casting when I was in high school, sand casting. Yeah, a lot of people did. I wish I had. That would yeah. have been really cool. Oh, yeah. I remember that was like the metal shop thing, yeah. you know, sand casting stuff. And um, 
I think because I don't really know much about it, but to me, I always thought that sand casting was just like poor man shit. It looked weird. It looked. It didn't look clean. You know, it looked kind of pity and and depends and how it's done. What is the appeal and the history of sand casting? Why do I mean wh- it's super old? It? It's super old. I mean, I I, I really first got into it because I was collecting car club plaques at the time, right? And they were all sand cast. Oh, that's right. You know, and then I thought about, you know, I kind of looked into doing it and, you know, I made a handful of, you know, small like thing. I put foot pegs, a couple other things first. And I'm like, and I just kind of ran with it and I just fell in love with it. And because I love like the original chopper aftermarket stuff from the seventies was all sandcast. I mean, right. Randy Smith was making the pan covers and a ton of other parts, you know, and sandcast was how it was done. And the sandcast is like the old school way to do it. Sandcast in the pan tops. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Just, uh, and then because I like the. The early, what's the pan that only had stainless parts the first year? Oh man, I don't remember. That's one fir- year, one or two years had stainless pans. Yeah, only. only yeah. But I always loved that, you know. And then I remember guys were making these cast, these mm-hmm. sand cast, the cast ones. thin ones. Yeah, and absolutely. it always looked like wrong to me. Like, uh, like well, is that stuff strong? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Oh yeah. Now, what's the other way of casting? There's another way. Well, right? there's in- lost wax investment cast, uh-huh. which is how I do buckles and a lot of small stuff. They'll right. do in bronze or stainless. That's pretty bad. Because that's that's a whole other deal too. Because that is stuff that I built and make molds for. It has to be poured in wax, you know, and then sprued and then coated with a ceramic and then you know pour metal board in. It's a lot bigger process. Wow. And I don't do any of that in house either. Because I do all the wax wax work and all the finish work. But I have a foundry that does that stuff for me. Oh wow! And now, how long's your shop been going? I've been in that shop now for eleven years. And and what do you do? Uh, do people call you to build bikes, or do you service well, I mean, bikes, or what I, do you do? It, it depends. Yeah. I mean, I have people whose bikes I service. I have people whose bikes I work on. I have motors I build for people. I have transmissions I build for people. I have a lot of stuff that I do. Yeah. I mean, I do. I still write for Chopper Harley Journal in Japan. Yeah, my monthly for every one of their magazines. Um, I you write, write for, them. for them, and then they yeah, what, translate writing. it. Yeah. And what kind of stuff do you write for it? Editorial, yeah. whatever, whatever I feel like writing about at the time. Wow. Um, he really much gives me whatever, and I'll give them a handful of pictures every time. And, you know, and I've been doing that for, oh man, probably 40 plus issues now uh, for them. And it comes out every two, three months ish. Right. But I do that. I do random service for people. You know, like if someone knows me, hey, I need this, I mean, I can do that, you know. But yeah. I do motor building, transmission building. And I do, see, I don't do as much working on bikes as I'd like, but every once in a while, service people, a ton of service stuff will just show up, or hey, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, bring it down this time. And, I got a guy who I'm going to pick up his four or five doing transmission next week. And I'm doing two, four or five race motors. And I've got five, four builds going on right now, too, because I'm building a CFL for a customer of mine. Wow. What, two up or four up? Uh, four up. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a knuckle for a buddy of mine, the whole build. I'm doing a, I have a guy who's shipping me his and tall as panhead stuff, and I'm going to put it all together for him. And I have a 13 Dyna build that I'm doing. Oh, wow. So I have a lot of stuff going on right now. Are you burnt on the Sam Crow Dyna? Mm, whatever. I mean, it's yeah. functional. They work. It's yeah, a they bitchin', work. It's a bitchin' bike to ride. Absolutely. You know, but I'm not really burnt on it. But the Dyna, I'm building more of a full-on Street Fighter-style street race bike Dyna, sort of. Oh, oh, like the uh, turbo bike? No, not, 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 not necessarily that. Not necessarily flat track racing, but more just like a Street Fighter. Right, right. You know, super, everything's stripped down. High performance sus- per- suspension. High performance, everything. I mean, it's what are your favorite there. suspension? Olin's. Olin's is probably at the top. I mean, it's Olin and then uh, K Tech, which is another company that does full on in cartridge installs for late model oh, wow. and shocks. Did a buddy of mine shop buddy buddy shop mock modified New York deals with. Wow, K Tech. And they work real well. Yeah, I never heard of it. Good stuff. Just drop it's in excellent. stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, they make a car, well, the cartridge system is a little bit more difficult, but the shocks they make are amazing. Right. I put a couple of those on FXRs for customers, and they work real well. You follow Harley at all, uh, the new Milwaukee 8 motor? Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, that's I was li- working at the Harley dealer, too, a couple years ago. So, right. you know, I'd see all the stuff to deal with, and I'd see all the stuff that people come in, and it's just, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess that, I mean, they're still trying, kind of flogging a dead horse. You yeah. know, I mean, it's the, still basically the same technology from 1936. Yep. You know, it's no different. It's still, it's they're still trying to do right? an air-cooled motor, and, you know, I mean, I get it. I get where they're going from, but... You know, they're kind of pushing it to its limit of what you can do with it. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of funny. They went back to a one cam motor and, you know, yeah, but they seem to work. Real, they I, seem to work real well, though, from what I've heard. Man, I mean, I rode this motor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a rider, everyday rider, and mm-hmm. you just need to, like, commute and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, the heat's gone. Because, mm-hmm. man, those fucking motors are, are burning up hot, and especially in L.A. Oh, yeah, in traffic, absolutely, um, for sure. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the way it shifts now, mm-hmm. it's no more clunk, clunk. It's just... Oh, they finally fixed that? <laughs> yeah. There's no clunk at all. It's That's so amazing. weird. And then the uh, when it starts now, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it must have the automatic compression heads. Must yep. be so good because now it just goes. Kaboom. Yeah, and the way this, the fuel injection, they've they've pretty much the fuel injection works real well. The, the Delphi fuel, fuel injection, injection works great. You know, it's like a lot of people are anti fuel injection, but I mean, the X wedge that I built for SNS was a fuel injected bike that I built yeah. in 07. It was killer. And that kind of it kind of opened my eyes to it. And then the turbo bike that I built is fuel injected. Right. You know, and that's one of the things I want to do is I want to take an FXR and put late model fuel injection on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you that know, would, I'll do that eventually. But, that'd be you know. amazing uh, because fuel injection to me is just, uh, if you're a rider every day, it's no, not. No, it works. It works killer. You know, you don't have to sit there and warm up your bike. It's not coughing on the way mm-hmm. to work. Just, uh, uh, uh. Sometimes my bike wouldn't even be warmed up until I got to where I was yeah. going. Yeah, for sure. That's insane. No, it works real well. Now, you shoot a lot of photos. You've been into photos, uh, photography for a while. Uh, yeah. You shoot film or digital? Well, it's I spent most of my time doing digital. Yeah. Uh, recently, in the past year, I've been shooting, I shoot a lot of instant film, the FP100C through a Polaroid LAM camera. Oh, yeah? Um, even though they just discontinued it, but um, the film itself, but who knows what will happen with that. But right. I've also started shooting... Medium for two different a medium format camera. I'm a Mia RB67. Were you just looking for a camera? I, saw I was one? was I was looking for a Rolly uh, 35. Did you find one? I did. I have one coming that should be here this coming week. Now, why did you want that camera? I wanted that camera because it's a 35 millimeter camera. Yeah. And the stuff I really want to shoot with it is I want to shoot slide film and have it cross processed, so it's super saturated. Right. And I'm not looking for you know perfect photos of it. I'm looking to shoot a cross cross processed oversaturated look. Right. You know, and that camera was a camera my dad had in the 80s. That he took thousands of pictures with and loved it. Wow. You know, when I did, and I want something that's a little more the manual that I really have to work with to do, to shoot with for it. So it's a neat little camera. How did you get into photography? Like, were you just- um, Well, I was shooting lots of kinds, of kinds of random stuff and shooting bikes and just kind of started with that. And I started shooting bikes. I started shooting girls with bikes. And, you know, I haven't did on as much girl shooting lately as I'd like to. Right. But, you know, I still do it off and on and I still shoot a ton of bike stuff. But I've really been shooting more instant stuff than anything lately. Wow. I haven't I went to Japan, didn't take a single picture of my digital camera. Is that right? I took a couple hundred instant pictures, yeah. Wow. I'm not really happy with most of them because it was super it was dark as hell in that place. Right. I mean it wasn't dark dark as hell, but shooting, you know, a hundred ASA film indoors yeah. is hard. Yeah. To I get mean, it right. You gotta and have high speed for super that, high yeah. speed to do that, and it's not. So you take any classes? Different. Nope. I've never taken a photography class. Well, you just, do you learn on YouTube or just No, shoot I just learn? learned from from doing it. And yeah. I know a lot of good lot of really good photographers. So that, you know, every person you talk to has some little bit of advice that'll help you. 
Yeah. You know, and I have like random things that people have told me about shooting. You know, it's just like, like my buddy Steve told me, like, was setting up for shooting girl stuff. You know, your, your shutter speed is the background and your aperture is the model. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's, that was like, a, it just all clicked for me. Oh, wow. You know, I did a bunch of, I mean, I read a ton of stuff. I mean, I did a bunch of stuff reading all the early Strobus stuff, which is shooting with a single off camera flash. And that's mainly what I do. Oh, wow. Like all the model stuff I shoot is with the camera with a single remote controlled flash. That's it. Oh, I you get know? it. And it's, it's gives a really distinct look. And my stuff's generally darker and more, how do I put it? Darker and just edgier looking the way it's shadows and harsher than right. you know, a lot of people. Some people like it, some people don't. You know, I don't really. I don't who, really carry the way. Who are your? Uh, who do you look at as far as photography? Like, uh, I mean, like, do you look at people like I love Diane Arbus? You know, I mean, there's like, a there's a ton of killer photographers out there. Yeah, you know, it's just I like to shoot darker stuff. I mean, Bob Coulter. I mean, my stuff's a lot like his, but a little different. Right. But there's a ton of gro- ton of people that shoot fetish stuff, and there's a million bike photographers that are amazing too. You know, there's yeah. all kinds of people out there. You now do you sell you you sell the photos or you had calendars or what do you got? Well, I used to use a lot of that stuff. I'd put a lot of it online. I remember. You know, that. now I haven't done as much. I have a lot, and I still put it online, but not as much. Right. You know, at some point I'll do something in print. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but at some point I'll do something. What do you got coming up, man? Just the bike building right now. I who, mean, who's painting for you now? What yep. do you mean? Who, who paints your bikes? Do you? Uh, Pac-Man. Who? Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man line and letter. This is his deal online, I think. Pac-Man. Yeah, Jack McCann. Oh, wow. I don't know him. Is yeah. that guy Fonzie still around? Remember he know. did the murals? On I know who he is, but I don't, I've never, I don't I know him He personally. did the murals on that fucking, um, the, the Tarantino bikes, man. Oh, yeah. No, I remember those. Holy shit. That guy was insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all that stuff's a little too much for me. Yeah. I, a lot of the stuff, like the behind the painters will do that and they'll have flake and scallops and striping and colors and metal leaf and i'm like it's too much yeah you just I, like straight I, paint i like well i just like a more simplistic approach to it yeah i mean the super freak was mad high flake yeah well that but it was still simple it wasn't yeah. i mean yes it was definitely over the top but yeah. it was still it wasn't a ton of shit going on you miss that bike sometimes yeah that you bike know. was killer how much you sell it for <laughs> Some, oh, I did okay on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with it. You yeah, know, I'm, yeah. And the guy that owns it, I'm happy he owns it now. So it, is it is it in LA still? Or is, oh wow, mm-hmm. wow! I never see it anywhere. That'd be cool to see it again, man. Vincent Gallo owns it. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Now yep. it had no controls on it, like no brakes or anything, right? On well, the handlebar, no there's no front brake. Yeah, no front brake. Yeah. Oh, Vincent Gallo owns it. Yeah, and he rides it too. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I just saw Bobby had him on the show, Indian Larry's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Seeger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, I like Bobby. He, he makes some fucking, uh, they got some good shit going on yeah. in there. It's, it's cool to see right in Brooklyn still mm-hmm. building, you know? Yeah, I mean, we'll be in Brooklyn in August or September too for the Brooklyn Invitational. Oh, no shit? That we go out to. We hadn't gone for a couple of years, but we're gonna go. We're gonna take Mark's bike out to it this year. So you're building this bike uh, for Born Free, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be Mark's bike. Oh, it's Mark's bike, yeah. Right. I mean, he's what he's, kind of tank on it and stuff. I don't know what we're gonna do for a tank yet. Probably some sort of sporty tank. You I make know. the tanks, or, or um, just no? Buy? Generally, well, I mean, we'll we'll cut them up and finish them and get them basically where they want. Sometimes I'll have someone else do the finish work on them. Right. You know, because I'm still not a great sheet metal guy at all. You know, but. It'll be, it depends what it is. Right. Depends what we want to do. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet for that stuff yet, but we're actually taking the frame down to Ari with the V Manufacturing in San Diego tomorrow because he's going to rake the frame for us. Oh, he's going to make the frame? He's going to rake oh, it. Oh, rake the frame. Yeah, Guys, who, who a, made the frame? 
It's a Harley frame. Oh, it's a Harley frame. Yeah, it's a Harley rigid frame. Wow, like an uh, an old one or mm-hmm. oh wow, that's yeah. cool, man. But we're, we need the backbone needs to be replaced and, and raking it for the fork. So is this Mark's first bike since he <clears throat> sold the the? Oh no, he's had a, he's had a couple of bikes, okay. a shovel head chopper and an FXR and a couple other things. Oh wow, yeah, I'm looking forward stuff. to seeing that. When is Born Free? The end of June. End of June, man. Last you, weekend, June. You don't got a lot of time left, huh? No, that's all right. I mean, the motor that the motor is at the machine shop right now, and you know, transmission yeah. is like a you know. I'll take it apart one day. We'll get it polished, put it back together. We already have it. And I already have the bulk of the parts for it. So You know what the paint's going to be? That's going to have some sort of traditional flames. I'm not sure how we're going to do it yet, though. Right. Wow. Right now. If you, if you weren't doing choppers, what, what do you think you'd do? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's not that. Even motorcycles in general, because it's not even just choppers. But Yeah, yeah, motorcycles you know, I, I have no idea. Yeah. No, I mean, there's... I mean, it's like even like everything I do, all the writing I do is motorcycle related. Yeah. All the photography I do is motorcycle related. Everything I do on some level is yeah on that level. You know, I don't know what I do otherwise. You uh, you see anything cool coming up? What do you think? Anything like to me? It seems like choppers are are back now to like. Riders. Well, I mean, it's more they're more tra- the traditional choppers generally back. It's been back for a couple of years. Yeah, you know? but I think the one thing that I've noticed too is the skill level with builders has gotten way better. Right. With builders. You're right, you know, man. It's like gotten the, way higher. I mean, the skill uh, level is so Some of that shit at so Born different. Free, I was like pretty floored. Like, oh, there's some is, amazing stuff there. There's a guy in Oakland, man. He made that bike. Jason like, Ferris. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, who's incredibly talented. That bike was fucking yeah. sick. Yeah, him. And there's a hand, bunch, of, bunch of people. I know. couldn't believe his bike, actually. It yeah, was one of the of best bikes. bikes I've seen in years, mm-hmm. man. It was clean. It was right. skinny. And it had a fuck. It was just sick. Mm-hmm. No, he just, Jason does super nice work. I, I mean, quick. the thing is with, with all that is there's a million builders, yeah. but it's not very many mechanics. Yeah. Because the, the people that can, anyone can build a bike, but not everyone can, can deal with it when that bike breaks. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's really the kind of difference. I mean, there's a million people that have chopper shops that are building choppers, you know, that when something goes wrong, they can't deal with it. Yeah, and then you they know. just kind of shoo you away, like, sorry, man. I mean, there's a lot of shops that do that, absolutely. Yeah. And then I mean, it leaves a bad taste in the bike. No, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and I... You know, there's a handful. There's a handful of guys that are building bikes that are absolute mechanics too. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's it's weird how the people like all these crazy a bunch of builders that are you know well named builders can't really work on the stuff. They can yeah. build it, but they can't really work on it. So you know, it's good to know there's still a handful of guys out there that are really working on it. Yeah, know? I think more and more people are getting better and better. You oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, see some I mean, twenty four year old dudes we, that are just knocking it out. In the nineties, we had one guy in the valley that would do all our TIG welding. Well, wow. Now everyone and their brother has a TIG welder and wow. everyone's a good TIG welder. I mean, there's some incredible guys I know that are, you know, in their twenties, they can TIG weld circles around me. Wow. You know, it's crazy. Can TIG weld circles around the stuff we were paying the one guy to do for us in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some incredibly skilled people out there. The skill level, like every year, like with born free, the skill level with the bikes that are built. Yeah. It gets higher and higher and higher. like the bars raise higher and it's higher. It's crazy. Higher. Imagine West coast choppers now. Like if you yeah. guys were there and then some y- young dudes, it yeah, would, maybe. I don't. I don't know. See, I don't see it change, changing that much. Right. I'm I just see it saying, being a little bit different. But yeah, yeah, I know yeah. What you're saying. That's pretty wild. I know exactly what you're saying. Well, fuck, man. Thanks for uh, coming and doing yeah, the no show. Fun. Anytime. Now you got a website, Chopper mm-hmm. Dave's. Uh, ChopperDaves.com is still my main website with everything. You can get, get to the original website. I mean, I had that website up in '98 in one form. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people say like, "Oh man, that's the first place I really saw that stuff online." You know, and that's really cool to hear that. You know, yeah. a lot of people say that to me. Because it was, it was the only place online where that stuff really was really there, you know. And then, but yeah, the Chopper Day has got my online store and 
parts and a photography portfolio and a ton of shit. What are you selling? Uh, you got belt buckles and I have parts and, and, and buckles. Yeah. And we're just, my wife and I actually, my wife is actually stepping in now and starting to work for me a couple of days a week to revamp all the apparel stuff I'm doing. Right. Cause I'm having doing four more new shirts right now and hats and a bunch of new stuff. That stuff's still it's selling just, good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that stuff still, it's like, you know, everyone, not everyone has the money to buy parts. No one has a bike, but they want a t-shirt. Right. You know, and that's, you know, people like t-shirts. I'm a t-shirt whore. I love t-shirts. God, I got a fucking. And I can't get rid of them. I, I got have, a bedroom you know, full of them, man. Yeah, it's like, unbelievable. Yeah, I have hefty bags full of t-shirts I don't want to throw away. Is it, what is I like that? For you know, isn't it fucking crazy? Like I see a shirt oh, yeah. and I go, I haven't worn this in eight years. Yeah. Got to keep it. Yeah. And I couldn't for a while because I was a lot bigger and I'm losing weight right now. Yeah. So I'm excited to be able to pull the XLs back out again. What are you doing to lose weight? Just watching what I eat. Just cal- counting calories that I eat. Yeah, yeah. I quit sugar and uh, flour and yeah. white rice. Lost 36 pounds. Yeah, see, well, I've lost 23 pounds since I got back from Japan. Wow. Yeah, I weighed more than I'd ever weighed in my life in Japan and came home and was sick for a week. And it was like, this is, I'm done. Yeah. You know, but it's been super easy. I'm not, I mean, my deal is, is portion control. My wife yeah. is an amazing cook. She'll make these casseroles with like chili and pasta and cheese and sour cream and all this shit that I can eat the whole thing. Yeah. Where before I'd have one piece and then she'd eat half of hers and one of the kids would eat half of theirs and I'd eat finish theirs and then eat the rest of it. And now I'm having one piece. Yeah. You know, but somehow something clicked in Japan. Yep. And I'm like, it has to change and it's easy now. Yeah. Eating salads. Like I had a, an egg roll from Jack in the Box. It's one of my go-to easy things. Is an the, egg is roll the, from Jack in the Box. Is the chicken fajita pita, which is yeah. their healthiest thing they have yeah. pretty much. And it's, they're good and you know, it's no big deal. But I was looking at some calorie thing and like one of the lower things was the egg roll at Jack in the Box. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh, okay, I'll try one. And I used to love them and I couldn't even eat it because it was so greasy. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God. that's I haven't had Jack in a Box in maybe <sighs> 25 years. But the chicken fajita pita, that's a decent sandwich. But, Hilarious. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, I know. And then Aki and I barbecue three or four times a week. Yeah. Just chicken in front of the shop. I love that you guy. Know, I, so do I. He's, he's awesome. He's so great. Talk he's about a straight shooter. Yeah, he's one of my favorite I love him. He'll just be like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's bullshit. Him. You know, he's so <laughs> Yeah, no, Aki's a, Aki's a good dude. He's a great man. But uh, yeah, this, this, that, and the waist is coming off, and I'm just watching it. It's just, yeah. I don't eat everything. I'm hardly eating any sh- I might have a Red Bull. That's like the one sugar thing I'll have. Once yeah. I have a little can. Yeah. That's it. That's I don't want to have more than one a day. But it's not that much sugar in a Red Bull. I yeah. Coke is three times the sugar. Oh, it's gross. You know, and I can't even drink that stuff anymore. I yeah. can't t- deal with the taste. The Red Bull I still like. So I'll have one of those maybe. Yep. You know, but I'm not cutting everything out because I don't want to, I don't want to be pissed off that I can't eat this or that. Yeah. But I might have a tiny bit of this, tiny bit of that, but it's somehow yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy for me somehow. Yeah, me too. It was like, at first it was fucking a nightmare, man. Mm-hmm. I quit sugar. I went through mad withdrawals. <laughs> I fucking was angry. I was yeah. sleepy. Yeah. I was uh, burnout, uh, hungry, right. uh, all these fucking bad emotions and stuff. And now it's been about eight months and I'm just like, yeah, I feel great. Yeah, see, I didn't really go through any of that because I didn't cut anything out cold. Right, right, right. I just, it came down to portion control. and But now it's like I hardly eat any bread. Yeah, I don't. I, I have a little bit of pasta here and there, a little bit of rice here and there. Yeah. I'll have that one Red Bull, if anything, and that's that's it. Yeah. Other than that, I'm having salads or chicken or fish or whatever. Well, shit, man. Thank you so much for yeah, doing absolutely. the show. And uh, go see Dave at uh, Born Free and also I'll the Brooklyn there. Inventational. Yeah, and we're going to go out to Mama Tried, too. I'm going out to Mama Tried What's next that? month. Show in Milwaukee. Oh, wow. Which is killer because that show they have flatjack racing for indoor flatjack racing Whoa. Friday night. Yeah. Where you race on Pepsi syrup. So, because the ground's super sticky. What? Pepsi syrup? Yeah. They put it down, let it dry, and it's super sticky. What? Yeah. It's killer. That's insane. Yeah, so, on, no dirt? No dirt. Is it on concrete? Yeah. 
concrete the sprayed with the syrup and let it dry. It's super N- sticky. Now you guys are racing in Long Beach, right? Are you guys doing no. that, or who's doing the flat track? And where is that? Well, there's a bunch of that. Well, that's like the yeah, like well, rolling well, and those guys. Well, yeah, there's there, right? it's a bunch of places around that are doing it. Yeah. Paris, Del Mar. Um, are you doing any of that? Absolutely. I'm yeah. trying to. Both of my race bikes are down right now. Yeah. Um, Hell on Wheels is putting out a bunch of races. It was a race yesterday. Um, but my Triumph is going out to Milwaukee, and I'm racing my Triumph in Milwaukee Friday. When night. is that show? Weekend of the 17th, February. Oh, wow. And it's killer because Milwaukee, that show is indoor flat track racing Friday night, and then yeah. the show Saturday and Sunday, and then ice racing outdoors on Sunday. Oh, shit. Which is amazing. I did that last oh, year. Oh, I, my saw knuckle. I saw your show last year. That was the year. absolute funnest day I've ever had on a motorcycle. Now, spikes and the tires? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Was right, going full throttle on ice and throwing it into turns and the bike just sticking. It was the funnest wow. I've ever did. It's the funnest thing I've ever done on a motorcycle. How do you amazing. learn that shit? Just crashing? You just go. I never crashed. I mean, yeah. I only did it the one day. Yeah, you yeah. You just do it. And it just, it was fun as shit because there's no wheel spin at all. Unbelievable. You go the turn, it doesn't step out. I mean, my buddy Adam sent me a set of tires that have, each of them has over a thousand studs in it. Oh my God. And it was just like Velcro. It was awesome. And you're it riding so what, a fun. Triumph on that? No, I was riding my Knuckle last year on that. Oh, but knuckle. this year I'll riding i have a 56 uh that tier born six. loser knuckle uh the 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 lovely loser, lovely yeah, loser no, that's, that well that's my race bike now yeah that's had a race last year out there oh wow but yeah i have a tier a 56 triumph tier 6c that's going out to milwaukee and i'm racing that indoors wow in the brakeless class yeah brakeless class mm-hmm. so when you go into the turn do you just downshift and pitch it or? oh no you're pretty much in one gear the whole time one gear the whole time yeah. like what what like you just push into the depends how short the track is right um like Costa Mesa racing the track there, you're in first gear the whole time. First gear the whole yeah, time. First or second, possibly right. second. But like like Del Mar, you'll shift in a second, or Parrish, you're in second, the whole thing in second. No break. Huh. So you're just rolling off or downshift? You just roll off. Wow. Yeah. Roll pretty- off and just push into the turn as hard as you can. Unbelievable, man. And That's the sick. and the syrup isn't very forgiving. Yeah. If it's it's either super sticky or yeah. if it's or it's not. Who and came the up most with part, that? You have wonder. Well, they've done it for a long time. Wow. You know, we my buddy um, Dustin and Noah and Stevie went out and raced in Vegas at South Point oh, years ago when it was running on Dr. Pepper syrup. Dr. Pepper but, but syrup. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah. That's but you go in there and this whole place smells like sugar. It's pretty funny. Unbelievable. But yeah, Mama Tried's an incredible show. It's it's amazing. And is it a bike show also? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Is it vintage bikes? Harley? Oh, yeah. All kinds of stuff. But then it's, you know, the, the Harley, Muse- Harley Museum is there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's Sick. a lot. Milwaukee, and it's all close. It's a killer weekend. Wow. I mean, that I'm super stoked to go back to. Wow, I'd like to you know, see that. I didn't even know killer. about that. Yeah, show. it's 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 killer. You think it's the best one in the states? Well, one of them, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's the most fun I've had at an event like that, right? With the most di- most different stuff going on, easy to deal with. That's fucking cool, you man. Know, Brooklyn Invitational's killer. Yeah, it's right there in Brooklyn, and Born Free is Born Free. Yeah, Born yeah. Free is a little overkill. Yeah, you know, but it's it's become what it is, and I'm stoked that it is what it is. I, I love like Born Free, man. I mean, Born Free is what kind of. Got me back into it again. Yeah. You know, and I thank Mike and Grant for putting on a killer show that does that. Yeah. You know? I really like Born Free. Uh, it's fun. I, you know, I enjoy the, the last year. The bikes were just blowing my fucking. Oh, yeah. No, it blew my mind last year. That's the thing. It gets, it gets more and more over the top every year. I love everything they do, too. Like all the setup videos of the invited mm-hmm. builders. Yeah, and, for sure. And you learn so much about these guys. Like, who's this guy? You mm-hmm. know, and it just it's fucking cool, man. Well, thanks for doing the show. You Absolutely. got the podcast. You got an Instagram. Uh, yeah, Chopper Dave. Chopper Dave. I'm Chopper Dave's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. On every social media, whatever, it's just yeah. Chopper Dave's. 
And it's great to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Been a while. It's been years. And uh, follow him, everybody. Don't forget to uh, leave a review and subscribe to the podcast if you're a new listener on iTunes. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you later.